Almachtige God en Vader, ons loof en prijs die verochend. We want to praise you, Lord, because you are the name above all names. You are the Lord in the highest. You are the strength and the power that guides us every moment of every day. In our moment of weakness, you are the one that picks us up and leads us. Jere, ons is met dankbaarheid en nederigheid en nietigheid kom ons verochend voor u in afhankelijkheid om voor u te buig en te vraag ontmoet ons. Speak to us, Lord, today and help us and accept our worship, our lives and our deeds as a thankful sign for what you've done for us. Gemeente, ek groet jullie naam van God die Vader, van Jesus Christus die Seen en die Heilige Gees. Amen. Um, vrienden, ons tekstgedeelte vir oogend. Kom uit um, Lukas 19. Lukas 19 en dit gaan oor Sageus. Nou, jylle sal, ek weet wat jullie denken, en ek weet wat jullie wonder. Jullie denken natuurlijk, ons het al oor Sageus gepreek. En inderdaad, het ek al twee keer oor Sageus gepreek. I, I gave a message twice on, on Sageus. But today we hopefully um, are going to see something different because when I read one of the commentaries, it just became apparent to me that we need to have a look at it again. Because there's something different to see today. Our theme for today is seeing. What do we see? Wat sien ons as geloviges? Um, maar voor ons daar kom, kom ons sit so, dan buig ons die hoofde en dan bid ons so. Jere God, ons wil vir die dankie sê, dat ons en ons kinders vandag hier by mekaar kan wees en hier by mekaar kan kom. Dankie dat jy een levende Heere is wat een levende verhouding met elkeen van ons het. Dat Antonie en Martha oortuig is in die harte dat die liefde groot genoeg is om ons kinderse levens te verander. En daarom bid Lijn Loa ook vir oogend, kom doop ek. Thank you for friends and family that came with Antonie en Martha. That is willing to play a part and walk the walk of companionship and of support for this family. I want to pray, Lord, give every one of us here today the message in our heart that we can support others. Because in your love and through your grace and your mercy, we are blessed. We are blessed beyond expectation. And even though we go through hardships, you always give us the strength to carry on, to go and make a difference in your name. En daarom vraag ons verochend, Heere, kom en ontmoet elkeen van ons, klein en groot. Ontmoet die kinders in die sondagskool, maar ontmoet elke ouwer ook verochend. En dier die gees spreek dier die woord tot elkeen van ons. Amen. So friends, we are talking about 
barmhartigheid. So the first question is, what's the English translation for barmhartigheid? Frank? Compassion. I think compassion is probably the best, the best um, translation. He usually does the translation, so it, it makes sense for, for him to give the answer. Um, die barmhartigheid wat ons het in oktober, wat ons vir mense probeer wees door projekties te doen, en om uit te reik na ander mense toe, Laat ons betekker die vraag vraag, maar wat is ons definitie van barmhartigheid? If we have the translation, what's the definition we have of compassion? How would we explain it to somebody else? What is our definition of compassion? Is it to give something? Is it to do more than giving? Is it to actually support somebody in physical need? As ons fysies iemand moet ondersteun, as iemand dan dwelmsverslaaf is, chemische afhankelijkheid, drankafhankelijkheid, if somebody is um, dependent on substances, what is compassion that we do? Can we show something like emotional compassion, psychological compassion? Kan ons mens op ander maniere ondersteun, meer as net om iets vir hulle te gee, of iets vir hulle te doen. As ek terugdink aan die kerk, if I think back at the church in South Africa, we always had these groups that supported people, and this I'm unfortunately not going to be able to translate, to support the elderly, bejaardesorg, mannenbediening, vrouwenbediening, men's and women's ministries, um, diensgroepe vir dit en dat en sovoorts. Maar in Engeland het ons nie altyd dit nie. Vandag is het ook moeilik om ons kinders te help en te ondersteun. So die groot vraag is, if I think about all those things we just said, the definition of compassion, is it organized or is it spontaneous? The compassion we do and we participate in, is it organized or is it spontaneous? What is your definition of compassion. Now we think of a couple of things. The Good Samaritan, we think of that. Was that organized? Was that spontaneous? And then the other example we have today is obviously the Harvest Festival. There's loads of festivals around the world that people participate in and that we drive to show our compassion. But again, that's organized, isn't it? Georganiseerde omgeer. Ons verhaal vir oog, the story we're going to read, links onto this. Wat is christelike barmhartigheid? What is Christian compassion? The definition I can come to is not just to look after myself. Ek gee nie net vir myself om nie, maar ook vir ander mense dier my woorde en my dade. Of dit georganiseerd is, en of dit spontaan is. If it's organized or spontaneous, it doesn't matter. It's about not just looking after myself and my immediate family, but about reaching out to other people. So the question again is, what is Christian compassion? What do we see if we think about compassion. How does it change our lives?
And I know this has been quite a long introduction, but I hope it will make sense in a moment. So our text that we're going to read this morning is from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus het in Jericho gekom en was op pad dier die stad. Daar was een man met die naam Sageus, die hoofdtollenaar, een rijk man. Hy het geprobeer om Jesus te sien, maar weens die skare kon hy nie, omdat hy te kort was. Hy hardloop toe vooruit en klim in een wilde vijie boom om Jesus te kan sien, want hy sou daar voorbij gaan. En toe Jesus by die plek kom, kyk hy op en sê vir hom, Sageus, kom gauw af, want ek moet vandag in jou huis thuis gaan. Hy het toe afgeklim en Jesus met blijdschap ontvang. Allemaal wat het gesien het, het beswaar gemaakt en gesê, hy gaan by een sondige man thuis, maar sy gees het opgestaan en vir die Heere gesê, Heere, ek gaan die helfte van my goed vir die armes gee, en waar ek iets van iemand afgepers het, gee ek dit vier dubbel terug. En daarop sê Jesus, vandag het daar redding vir hier die huis gekom, ook hier die man is een kind van Abraham. Die sien van die mens het immers gekom om te soek en te red wat verloren is. Tot so ver in die woord van God. Gras verdor, blomme verwelk, maar die woord van ons Heere staan eeuwig. Our text verse is verse 5. Toe Jesus by die plek kom, kyk hy op en sê vir hom, Sagees, kom gau af, want ek moet vandag in jou huis thuis gaan. Friends, if we read this story, what do we think about? Firstly, we think about Sacheus. It's the main character in the story, isn't it? So the first thing, it says to us that Jesus is on his way through Jericho. And then it goes immediately to Zacchaeus. Dit gaan dadelijk na Sacheus toe. En dan beskryft dit Sacheus, it tells us who he is. He's the tax collector, not a very nice guy in those days. Because they played both parts. They, they had some Roman friends, and then they collected the tax from the Jews. So the Romans charged them, let's say, 20%, and they charged the Jews 40%, and the rest they kept for themselves. And then if people didn't want to pay it, what did they do? They forced them to pay it. Otherwise, they would hand them over to the Roman soldiers. So Zacchaeus was nie a nice owner. Hy het sy mag misbruik. Sy verhoudinge het hy misbruik. So what is this guy trying to do? He's trying to see Jesus. So he runs ahead, climbs in this tree, and he's trying to see Jesus. And can he see Jesus? No. It says to us that he's short. So he, he climbs in this tree, and does he see Jesus? No. Because all these people are surrounding Jesus. Wie van jylle who of you have seen a celebrity in a crowd? Anybody? Rugby players, if you go to a rugby match and stuff, mostly people tell me, I'm fairly short. People tell me, oh, there goes that person. And I'll be like, okay, if you say so. Because I can't see them. Within the crowd, you can't see them. Even if you're up high, it's difficult to spot your husband or your wife or your children. So as a geest in hierdie boom is, sien hy dit nie makkelijk nie. En die grootste ding hierso is, as ons alles moet opsom van sy geest tot op hierdie punt, is dat hy ou was, wat nie integriteit gehad het nie. 
wat ander mense nie raak gesien het nie. En nou gaan soek hy om Jesus te sien. Hoekom het hy gaan soek? Why did he want to see Jesus? Maybe he was curious. Because if he was a tax collector, why would he bother with, with faith? The oppressing Romans, why would he bother with them? So maybe he was just curious. Misschien was hy net neskierig. But the next bit is exceptionally important. What happens? Jesus goes and Jesus stops. Hy gaan staan, hy kyk op, en hy roep Sageus af. Sageus, kom gauw af, want ek moet vandag in jou huis thuis gaan. Hy stop, hy kyk op, en hy sien vir Sageus, en hy roep hom af. Sageus was sitting quietly up in the tree. Nobody saw him, because people would have probably attacked him. But Jesus goes, he stops, he looks up, and he sees him, and he calls him. So the interesting thing, even though it was Zacchaeus trying to see Jesus, it was Jesus that saw Zacchaeus. It was Jesus that for Zacchaeus was And what does Jesus see? How is Zacchaeus' seeing different from from um, Jesus is seeing. And it is very eenvoudig. Jesus kyk met ontferming. Hy kyk en hy sien hierdie man wat smag na iets, en hy roep hom af. Hy kyk nie net nie, hy praat ook met bemoeienis. Hy weet wat gaan die mense sê, he knows what the people are going to say if he says he wants to go home with him today. But still, he calls him down and he says, I want to go home with you today. I praat met bemoeienis. En het gaan oor in omgee en betrokkenheid. Jesus is betrokken by sy gees. Waar sy gees net een bystander wou wees by hierdie hele event. Now this is highlighted, but through a couple of things. But the most important is actually the passage just before Luke 19. And I'll quickly read the passage before Luke 19. It's called The Blind Man. I'll tell you the story in English. It's probably the easiest. Again, it starts with Jesus was close to Jericho. And then it goes to a blind man, a beggar, was sitting there. And he, was, he heard the crowd shouting. He heard the crowd walking and shouting and he shouted out, what's happening? And people said, Jesus is walking past. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David. And then he goes out and he shouts, Jesus, son of David, save me. Ontferm u oor my. The people told him to be quiet and he just kept on shouting louder and louder, Save me, ontferm u oor my seen van David. The son of David was the son of God, according to old Old Testament prophecies. And what did Jesus do? He went, he stood still, and he went to the blind man. And he said to him, What can I do for you? And he answered, Help me to see. And immediately he could see. Because Jesus said, your faith 
has saved you. Your geloof has you gered. And then the guy goes on, and what does he do? Does he just sit there? Does he go home to his family? No. He follows Jesus, and he praises the Lord. Why is this important? Because this blind man, he looks at Jesus, and even though he's blind, he sees Jesus. Through his eyes of faith, he sees Jesus. Waar Zacchaeus die blinde man was, en Jesus nie gesien het nie, sien hier die blinde man, Jesus, en hy roep om, Seen van David, ontferm u oor my. So the blind can see, and he that can see, don't necessarily see who Jesus is. And on his request, Jesus goes and he says, you will be saved. Open your eyes and you can see. He follows Jesus. But Zacchaeus, he comes down. He doesn't tell us if he says something or anything. He just says, he, it was a heartfelt greeting with Jesus. And then they go home. And only when they get home, does Zacchaeus talk to Jesus. Slechts wanneer hulle huis toe gaan, praat hy. So is dit nie ironies nie? Isn't that ironic? That the blind man that can't see Jesus, acts so faithfully, and convinced, that this man can save him. But, the guy that can see, that has it all, that's rich, that has all the support and resources around him, he goes around and, he doesn't necessarily say anything to Jesus. He's trying to hide in the tree, and he doesn't say anything. But luckily, the story doesn't stop there for you and for me. Because there's one more character, and that's Jesus. How does Jesus see? Who kijk Jesus na jou en my? Jesus kijk met ontferming na elkeen van ons. Hy kijk met hulp, met liefde. Hy praat en doen ook. En daarom kan jy en ek met sekerheid weet, Jesus het gekom vir die rijkman, en Jesus het gekom vir die bedelaar. Jesus het gekom vir hom wat hom kan sien, en Jesus het gekom vir hom wat hom nie dadelijk raak sien. Maar as the last element, the final element in the story that we only learn of in the last couple of verses. When Jesus is at home with Zacchaeus, what does Zacchaeus say? He says, Heere, ek gaan die helfte van my goed vir die armes gee, en waar ek het afgepers het, gee ek dit vier dubbel terug. Lord, I'm going to give back half of what I have to, to the poor, and where I pushed somebody for money, I'll give them four times back. I don't know about you guys, but I've made this calculation roughly, and it's not a very good calculation for Zacchaeus, I think, especially if you take his occupation into consideration. Why would he say this? Because Jesus changed the way he looks at people. Jesus het Zacchaeus geleer om nie net omself raak te sien, maar om sy medemens raak te sien om die mense rondom om raak te sien. 
die skare waarvan hy nie noodwendig deel wil wees nie, raak te sien en te weet hoe hy kan help. Dis eers wanneer Zacchaeus hierdie beleidings maak, dat Jesus sê, vandag het daar redding gekom vir hierdie huis. It's only when Zacchaeus' way of looking and his heart changes, that God says, there will be salvation for this house. So the big question today is, what do you see? How do you and me look at things. If we look at our faith, if we look at our relationship with God, what do we see? Is it the main priority in our lives? Does it burn on the back burner? Or are we just just here? Hoe kyk jy en ek na God? En wanneer ons God raak sien, leer jy en ek om ander mense raak te sien? of leer ons dit nie? Wat sien jy en ek? Of kom ons sê dit anders, in ons dagelijkse ontmoeting met Jesus Christus, word ons geleer om anders te kyk. So jy en ek word geleer, om anders te kyk na die wereld, as ons na die evangelie kyk. So if we look at the Bible, Jesus teaches us to look differently at things. But do we go and look differently at things. Are we like Paul? Because Paul was blind, wasn't he? He um, persecuted Christians, and then he was struck with blindness. And then he tells us that um, peels came off his eyes. Hopefully that's okay translation. Skille het van sy oor afgeval. En hy het anderste gekyk na die wereld. Moet skille nie ook maar van ons oor afval nie? If we see God and we know who God is and the, the role he plays in our lives, shouldn't that be the case for us as well? That we see and we look differently. Because the salvation that Jesus brought on the cross isn't just meant for one or two people, it's for every person, the rich and the poor, the beggar and the tax collector, for everyone that wants to accept him. And we were told this morning, it's not about us just seeing him, he, he looks at us, he stops, he looks up, and he sees us, and he calls us by name. Hoe ons na Christus kyk, is nie geïsoleerd in jou en my leven in een individualistische manier. Dit gaan oor hoe hy ons sien, maar ook hoe ons andere mense sien. En daarom mag ons as kerk en ons as gemeente dit nie ignoreer nie. Ons mag nooit vrede maak met die feit dat alles okay is met ander mense nie. We can't just say and accept that everything's okay with other people. No. We have to look through the eyes of faith and we have to look at other people through Jesus' eyes. October, month for us, for our congregation, is about standing still and thinking about that. Maybe, if it's in our ability, doing something, that's going to change somebody else's life. Om iets te doen vir iemand klein. Iemand op die trein. As ek iemand op die trein sien, how many smiles do we see on the train? Zero, basically. 
What prevents us from being the person giving the smile? How many times at work do we see somebody that is subdued and not in a good place? Why aren't we the person just saying, it will be okay. If I can help with anything, please let me know. Maybe I can sort it, but maybe we'll know somebody that can. Looking at people around us through the eyes of faith changes us but also changes the people around us. Dit help ons om te kyk met ontferming, met omgee en met barmhartigheid. Knowing what Jesus sees helps us to see with compassion. So I'm going to ask the question again. What do we see and how do we see? I think each and every one of us has an answer. I think what Luke is trying to tell us this morning, Luke 19, is that just like Zacchaeus, Jesus has stopped. He's looked up. He cares for each and every one of us here. And he wants us to share that. Christus het by ons gekom en hy het gestop. Hy het opgekyk en hy het gesien Nie omdat dit per toeval was nie, maar omdat hy ons ken. Hy weet ons is in die boom. En hy roep ons af en hy sê, ek wil by jou thuis gaan vandag. And why do we get down? Hoekom klim ons af? Because it's not what we have to do. It's because we realize that most things in our lives is because God is good to us meeste dinge in ons leven wat met ons gebeur het, wat ons het, kinders, familie, man, vrou, huis, fantastische werk, gezondheid, liefde, meeste van daar die dinge, is genade van God af. Want hoeveel keer het ons nie al iets beplan nie, dan werk iets helemaal anders uit, en as ons in retrospectie daarna kyk, dan denk ons, dit was eindelijk beter geweest. God knows you. And the reason we do what he does is because Jesus has done it for me. So the challenge for you and me this morning, and I'm finishing with this, is may each and every one of us go and do what Jesus did. May we stop. May we see. May we care. And may we be compassionate. Mag elkeen van ons gaan kyk met die oor van Christus. Want is slechts wanneer ons dit doen. Dis slechts wanneer ons daar die dinge doen en anders kyk na die wereld en ons meer en mens. Dat ons weet wat sy redding beteken. Want dis hoekom hy ons kom red het. Dis slechts wanneer ons dit doen, wanneer ons groei en geloof. That's how we grow in our faith. And that's also how we grow in relationships with each other and with other people. Go and see with the eyes of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you, Lord, that you see us. You see me for who I am. Everything, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly. And thank you that 
the baptism this morning is a timely reminder that your love and your grace and your mercy washes away everything that separates us from you. So therefore, Lord, this morning, we want to recommit to you. We accept you as our Savior. Father, we accept you as our Father. Jesus, we accept your love and your salvation. And Holy Spirit, we accept your presence and the change that you want to implement through each and every one of us. Help us to go and see. Help us to go and stop, look up, and live with compassion that changes not just my life, but every life around me. Jere God, met alles in ons, verbind ons ons aan u van ochend. En vraans, Jere, sterk ons en gee ons die kracht en lei ons om hierdie wereld in u naam beter te maak. U licht te lewe en u liefde, so ons nie net ons eie levens nie, nie net ons gemeente nie, maar ander levens ook kan verander. Ons bid het nie omdat ons het verdien nie, maar alleen in Christus ons Heerse naam alleen. Amen. Friends, may we go out and may the peels fall from our eyes, and may we see the love and the light of Jesus in this world. Ontvang nou die Seen van die Heere en gaan in vrede. Mag die genade van ons Heere Jesus Christus, die liefde van God die Vader, en die gemeenskap met die Heilige Geest, met ons elkeen wees en bloed. Amen.